from the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, good day to you, good neighbor. Today we're back in Zechariah chapter 9, and we saw the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9 yesterday. Well, we saw actually two prophecies, the prophecy of Alexander the Great and how he would destroy the neighbors of Israel, but protect Israel and give her peace. And he did all that. Israel always had peace the days of Alexander the Great through those 10 years after the battle of Isis when he destroyed Israel's neighbors. And then we saw the prophecy in chapter 9 that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem triumphant on an ass and the colt, the foal of an ass, and praise the Lord for that prophecy and we saw that but today in verses 10 through 17 I want to look at the division of peace that we have and uh, let me read these verses for you here verse number 10 beginning here and I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace unto the heathen and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from river even to the ends of the earth as for thee, as for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant have I sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today, to do I declare that I will render double unto thee. When I have bent Judah for me, filled the bow with Ephraim, and raised up thy sons, O Zion, against thy sons, O Greece, and made thee as the sword of a mighty man. And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning. And the Lord God shall blow the trumpet and shall go with whirlwinds of the south the lord of hosts shall defend them and they shall devour and subdue with sling stones and they shall drink and make a noises through wine and they shall be filled like bowls and as the corners of the altar and the Lord their God shall save them in that day as the flock of his people, for they shall be as the stones of a crown, lifted up as an ensign upon his land. For how great is his goodness and how great is his beauty. Corn shall make the young men cheerful and new wine the mates. Okay, now I just read you eight verses, long verses, lengthy verses, that we sit there and we scratch our head. Now. Let me give it to you. Verse 10 tells us that the enemies of this world will not prevail against the coming kingdom of Christ. The gospel is the peace of all nations, through all, though all nations are against it. The gospel is to go from sea to shining sea. Amen? It is all across the world, a world that is man separated from God. The gospel is to be preached into all the world, and every part of the world where the gospel is preached, there is peace in that portion of the earth, because the gospel always brings peace to the soul for eternity. Amen. Verse 11 is speaking again to the Jews. God refers to the blood of the covenant between himself and the Jew by way of the patriarchs past and the blood of Jesus Christ to come. God is sent for the prisoners of the Jews. The Gentiles are in the pit where there's no water, but Jesus would come to the well of Samaria and offer the Gentiles water. Amen. When he came to the woman at the well in John 4 and said, and said, whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give shall never thirst again. Jesus would live by the sea of Galilee, where many Gentiles dwelt in the land of the Jews. How about that? 
verses 12 and 13 tell us that the Jews were going to reject the Messiah and crucify him. Remember our outline for 9, 10, and 11, chapters 9, 10, 11, is the anointed king rejected. And God pleads with them to repent. They are now prisoners by rejecting the anointed king, but they are prisoners of hope if they will repent and turn to Christ. Now, they were prisoners in a pit with no water. There was no comfort in sin, only death. However, they are prisoners of hope because God has spied them out. He sees them, his eye sees them, and his eye affects his heart. He has the power to set them free. He grants life and liberty. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. They are out of the pit of despair, but not out of the wood of trouble. They see the hope of salvation, but they need salvation's possessions. They need to make Christ their stronghold. The sons of Zion are this against the sons of Greece. God promised them double rendrance to them. He has delivered them from Greece once. He will deliver them from Greece again. Alexander is mentioned in Daniel 2 and 7 as as a leopard with four wings and four heads. When Alexander died, his kingdom was divided into four parts and given to four generals. Israel fell to Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, the general that, uh, that received that portion after Alexander died. Now, Daniel prophesied 350 years prior to its happenings that Antiochus Epiphanes would come in and slit the throat of a pig. Daniel 11 tells us about the Maccabees that would come and reestablish the light of the menorah that had fallen. Zechariah now prophesies 320 years before this happens, and we know that three years to the day after Antiochus the Epiphanes took the temple that the Maccabees took it back. This was the double rendering or second deliverance from the Greeks that is foretold. By the way, this happened between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew in the 400 years of period of silence between your Old and New Testaments that we have in written secular history. Now, Judah and Ephraim, another term for the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was judged by the Assyrian captivity because Ephraim was joined unto her idols. Remember? Let her alone. Now she is restored. They are both a bow. Both are returned and reunited. God would use them and the Maccabees to take back the temple. They would go forth as an arrow of lightning. There is another double rendering here. It is the rendering of the spirit of the gospel. When God foretold of the anointed king rejected, he also speaks of the witness of the kingdom. There is also always been war between the Jew and the Greeks. For 2,000 years, there has been war between the Prince of Peace against both Jews and Greeks. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 and verse 31, you would see that. Typically, you only preach the gospel to two people, a Jew who is religious but lost, and a Greek who is a humanist, seeking human understanding and knowledge. Certain Greeks came to see Jesus, and then Jesus said that the hour was come, that the Father was glorified in the Son, following when the Greeks came to see him. When the Greeks came to see Jesus in the temple, we find for the third time in the life of Jesus that the voice of the Father broke through the heavens from heaven and said this in John chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, Father, glorify thy name. Then, there, then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. No lie. Amen. James and John were called the sons of thunder by Jesus. Thunder always follows lightning. The apostles were sent out like lightning all across the world after God's voice thundered in the temple. Some of Paul's most uh, greatest labors and great greatest churches were established in the cities 
of Greece, Athens and Corinth and Ephesus and others. I can't speak for today, but 100 years ago, the second largest ecclesiastical organization in the world was the Greek Orthodox Church. Did you know that? Now, uh, and again, they don't name the gospel, they don't have the gospel we have, but they had it at one time. They don't have it today, but they had it at one time. Now, verse 15 is the Matthew 16, 18 of the Old Testament, okay? Verse 18 uh, says this, The Lord of hosts shall defend them, and they shall devour and subdue with sling stones, and they shall drink and make a noise through wine, and they shall be filled like bowls and as the corners of the altar. Now, Matthew 16, 18 is where Jesus said that, uh, that, he would, uh, that he would build the church upon himself, that thou art, thou, thou art Peter, and I will build this rock. Uh, and he said, I will build my house, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Nothing can prevail against those that desire the gospel. Those Greeks that desi- despise the gospel of peace will be destroyed. And uh, the description here matches the description that is given of the battle of Armageddon in other places of the Bible. And the rejoicing matches the rejoicing of the millennium that's promised to the Jews in the previous chapter. How about that? Even in this chapter, you have the first and the second coming. A promise for destruction for those that reject peace. A promise of hope for those that accept peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How about that? Jesus built the church upon himself that he loved and gave himself for. And uh, here, right here, we have a reference to the church in your Old Testament, a secret, a mystery kept hidden in the heart of God until it was ready to be revealed. Amen. And that time is for us. And I hope that helps you. I'm going to stop right here today. We'll pick up tomorrow. God bless you until then. No longer a You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search from the poorhouse to the palace. From the poor-